Welcome to episode 42 of the Bike Pack Canada podcast with yours truly, Ryan Corey. Well, friends, uh, round seven of my chemotherapy treatments was on Thursday. And uh, if I'm being honest, uh, just, you know, looking at my computer screen right now, the, the words are quite blurry. So uh, I'm obviously quite sick still, quite nauseous. Um, and I will keep the intro short for all our sakes. This week's interview is a, a follow-up with my uh, buddy Tyler Hamilton, uh, former pro cyclist, as many of you know. Um, the the wanting to do this interview, it stems from a social post that I put up uh, in August when Tyler showed up to Camor, um, even to my surprise, with a new gravel grinder bike, saying that he was going to ride uh, part of the Great Divide route down to his home in uh, Missoula, Montana. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he had never done any bike packing trips. He was, he had very limited gear, very limited navigation as, as you'll learn about. Um, but, but he just went for it. And, uh, I think if, if you're like me, you know, probably the best part of this whole interview is, is the takeaway that, uh, you know, bike packing allowed him to see cycling in a, a new light. And, uh, you know, obviously for those that know his story, Having been blackballed due to the doping scandals, uh, you can imagine that it would be very easy to not want to have anything to do with cycling ever again. Um, for you know, for for reasons much his own fault. But uh, you know, we you never want to see someone turn their back on cycling completely. So it was really heartwarming to hear um, you know that that I had a, a part in him finding this interest again. And uh, you know, over the short course of time that I've gotten to know him. He's, he's a really great guy and, and honestly one of the nicest people um, I've ever met. And uh, I'm glad he's had this second opportunity. So there you go. Uh, I hope you enjoy our casual conversation. Where am I calling you today? I'm in Missoula, Montana. Yep. yep. You're, you're at Beautiful. home right now? At home, yep. Uh, about to head up to the ski hill. We have training uh, tonight under the lights. So we uh, coaches get up there around 3.30 and then the athletes get there around four and we yeah we do gate training into the night it's kind of fun uh what's i gate, love it what's gate training oh gate training uh going uh so yeah i coach uh ski racers and uh yeah so going through the gates basically practicing going through the you know like race runs so training training in the uh gates basically so they keep a t-bar open for us up on the hill and um yeah i'd lug around these gates and it's a lot of fun it's kind of what i used to do yeah yeah i think you mentioned the last time we chatted that uh you were a ski coach and obviously your background as an athlete was uh was with with skiing so it's it's great that you've kind of rounded back rounded back to all that but uh how's the weather been it's been pretty cold up our way has it yeah it's been uh it's been pretty cold here and we've been getting a lot of snow over the last couple of weeks uh, before that, it was relatively kind of relatively dry. So now, uh, yeah, the snow gods have been good to us the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I guess if you're a skier, you you, you probably don't put too much stock on uh, how cold it is. As long as there's there's good amount of powder, that's that's probably top priority, right? Yeah, well, yeah. As long as there's enough snow to have have the mountain, the whole mountain open, or close to the whole mountain open, that's good. Um, but skiing is a lot like cycling. As long as you have the right equipment, the right clothing, you know, you know, if it's a little bit colder, you put on an extra layer or two. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, all sorts of different conditions in, in the sport of skiing. That's for sure. But I love it. It's what I, 
what I grew up doing. And yeah, it makes me happy. The, the, the coaching side of that is when, when does that season kick in? Like, have you already been going for a few months, a few weeks? Um, yeah, you know, we started dry land training this fall. So I coached like eight to 14 year olds, so pretty young kids. Um, yeah, we started dry land training this fall and then, uh, some of the kids started skiing over Thanksgiving. Um, and basically, and then we kind of started full, full bore right after Christmas with all the kids, like with even the younger kids. Okay. I didn't realize you were, I didn't realize you were doing dry land training, uh, too. So this is pretty involved on the, the coaching front. Yep. Yep. And then you got to deal with all the parents and all that. There's a lot of parents with different, different opinions and all that. So, um, yeah, it keeps me busy. You know, it's a part-time job during the winter for me. Yeah. But yeah, it's a bit of a labor of love, but yeah, something that I enjoy doing. So we're, we're just getting off, uh, well, the, the new year holiday and Christmas holidays. What, uh, what'd you get up to over the, the break? Yeah, I was coaching. Um, pretty much coaching every day after Christmas up, yeah, up to the new year. Um, and then, uh, the little bit of free time I had, I, let's see, I got in the back country a little bit. Um, you know, you can put this, like this special, they call it a skin on the bottom of your skis and you can hike up mountains and, uh, and ski down. It's a lot of fun. Tell telemarking, fun. right? So just doing that. Um, you can telemark or you can lock in your binding. It depends on the, your binding setup, but, um, yeah, you can do either one. So yeah, ski mountaineering is pretty popular here in Montana, and I think where you are as well. As well. So the your your family they're they're back out uh, east. So do you do you get to see them? Um, like, do you normally see them over the holidays, or do they come yeah, visit no, you? I, I usually I usually try to hit up them, see them for at least one of the holidays. I was back there for uh, Thanksgiving this year, so um, yeah, I didn't make it back for Christmas. So maybe next winter. Yeah. How about you? Were you there? Were you there in uh, Canmore? Uh, yeah. yeah. So my uh, my parents uh, have a place rented here for six months. I oh, think, that's right. Yeah, up until June. So oh. th- they've been here. And um, yeah, at first, uh, you know, we, we didn't necessarily think we would need the extra help. And, you know, as, as you saw when you were last here, I, you know, just looking at me, I, I looked like I was in pretty good shape. But um with the the chemo yeah. chemo not necessarily working as well as it should the last few rounds it's it's been it's been great to have um you know more more helping hands but just uh um you know just the the, the warmth of the yeah. family and different conversations and you know a few more people to to hug here and there because it's a it's a pretty trying process but uh yeah no, it's it's been it's it was yeah great to have them here and my my sister and her family uh, visited for a little bit so uh, yeah very much a Canmore um, wintry Christmas it was it was a lot of fun oh that that's awesome that's awesome it's so beautiful there you're lucky you are lucky you know keeping with the, this being a bike packing podcast I know I know it doesn't necessarily feel like that time of the year but we'll I think what we'll do is we'll we'll get into um, talking a bit about your bike packing route. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, no worries. Yeah. You were looking for uh, routes I, around your area? I was, I was just looking at one. Uh, I'm going to be in Argentina next November, and I was just looking at a cool route that goes to the, yeah, across the border to the end of the world. Or no, it starts in Chile and goes to the, the last city in um, Ushuaia? southern city. In yes, exactly. Thank you. 
Yeah. You've probably been there, right? Yeah. Actually, you, yeah. You have, so, that's that's where the, the end of your trip, right? That's where it ended, yeah. And uh I I you and I chatted about, you know, possibly doing that trip together and it's it's funny, you know, uh after being on the road for that long, it was 131 days and got to the end and people would assume that I would take some time to to sightsee and, you know, like there's there's penguins and you have people t- taking boat tours to, you know, Antarctica and uh, you know, of icebergs and all that. But, uh, at that point I couldn't wait to get home. So, um, yeah, if, if, yeah. if, if the opportunity and the, the window works, I, I'd love to, to get back down there and see it. It's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful, uh, corner of the world for sure. But, uh, that wouldn't be a winter trip for sure. All right. No, I guess, it, I guess it, you said next November. It'll be summer there. Yeah. I think it'd be summer there the beginning of the summer. So keep, put, just Mark, put that down on your calendar. Yeah. So is the, has a fat, has any fat biking worked, uh, worked its way into your routine? Um, let's see. I don't have a fat bike, but I have one that's like, has like three inch tires, I think. And, uh, I've done a little bit of riding in the snow on that. Yep. Um, but no, I've not tried a, a full on fat bike yet. Is so. this, is this the open cycles bike? No, that it's just, uh, my mountain bike. It's pretty good. It's got pretty wide tires i think they're called three i don't know yep uh no that opens a gravel grinder okay which is great that's the one, that's the one i rode down uh part of the great divide mountain bike route on okay so maybe okay let's get it let, let's get into that set that trip up for me how did that how did that plan come about and did or did you have a plan because from from my side of things you kind of just showed up in Canmore one afternoon and decided to do it but had you had you been thinking about doing that trip for a while um you know i i'd heard about it from you actually when i met you where was that the bike show there in edmonton was it yeah you told me a little bit about it and then i you know i'd read about it before and i think i'd watched that documentary and um yeah, I had a charity ride that I was had to do in Red Deer, Canada, and I on the kind of kind of on a whim I decided to ride my bike there. And uh and then I was like, well, if I ride my bike there, then on the way back maybe I can jump on this <clears throat> on this trail. And uh that's what I did. I I went in pretty pretty green. Like I, when I saw you there, I didn't even have a map, you know. And uh, because you assumed it was a well-signed route, like it's I think a, it made it, it made it made it a little bit more fun, actually. Or I don't know, it's, it, it it was pretty exciting for me. I didn't have a computer, I didn't use GPS. I just followed that map, and luckily you gave me that map. I would have been fully lost lost without it. But yeah, so on the way back from Red Deer, I kind of beelined it straight to Red Deer, and then on the way back, I decided to ride as much as I could on the Great Divide mountain bike route, and it was awesome. It was like the highlight of my summer. Uh, for sure seeing you and then continuing continuing on in the trail and then that was that was the highlight it was awesome so you did you didn't seem to really have any apprehensions about you know when when we met up there at the coffee shop and i was like well i'm gonna go get you some maps you don't even have have a map but like you you didn't really seem intimidated by um you know wildlife or uh the amount of climbing like maybe maybe you just didn't express it but yeah did you have any um you know, were you anxious about any of that stuff? Uh, I mean, I would say I was a little bit nervous, you know, I mean, certainly grizzly bear, they're out there. You know, I saw one on the first day. So yeah, I was a little nervous about that. 
Um, but I wasn't there, you know, I felt pretty confident in my, I don't know, abilities kind of navigating things and, you know, not freaking out if I got lost or, um, I don't know. I've kind of spent my whole life outdoors, uh, ever since I was a little kid. So yeah, I love being outdoors and, but certainly you got to respect it. And, you know, I, I did my best to, uh, prepare as best as possible without like, overthinking it. You know, I did have, I did have bear spray and, <laughs> you know, but I kind of just, but I did, I went in pretty relaxed about it and just, I don't know. Um, sometimes when you overthink things, it makes it more complicated. Yes. Thank and you. I knew, and I knew every day I was within, you know, a bike ride of a town. So, um, the, the scariest part was, yeah, the scariest part was probably that the, uh, the as they call it the grizzly bear corridor. I think it is. Yeah. The, uh, the, um, the section just to, just to the north of the, the U.S. border. Yeah, in the Flathead so Valley. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was pretty, pretty. I'd say I was a little bit scared in there. You know, there's it was pretty dense, pretty. You know, if there was a grizzly bear, I mean, there could have been a grizzly bear anywhere, really. So I was a little bit worried, but and that kind of made it more exciting. So tell us a little bit about your, your setup. What kind of bike did you have and, and packs and, you know, uh, spare clothing or food? You know, give us kind of the lay of uh, what your setup was all about. Yeah. Um, I rode a gravel grinder bike made by uh, Open. Um, great bike. It's, uh, you know, so it's got these fat, big fat tires. Um, you know, it was to- totally new, new to me. I got it in June. And it's been just been an awesome bike. Um, and then I have these bags. What are they called? Revel Revelate. Yeah. Design. Yeah. I had a bunch of those bags, and th- those things were awesome. And um, yeah, you saw <laughs> you saw my sort of sleeping bag tent setup. It was a bit, you know, ghetto or whatever you want to call it. It was a bit. You could tell I was a newbie bike packer. That was kind of strapped to my handlebars, front of my bars. And then I had those water tablets. Yeah. What else? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I'm a full-on rookie. <laughs> I'm sure you could see it. I'm sure you could see it when you saw me the day of. Yeah, but like yeah. I, I didn't even. It didn't even have a map, you know. Yeah, but so, I, I, I yeah. give you kudos for just like you know you said not overthinking it and just going for it. I, I think that's. I've said it a few times. It's pretty commendable, you know, considering that the Canadian section in particular. I would say it's one of the the tougher parts about it all. Um, okay, so you started in Banff, um, and you made yourself made your way down to Whitefish, right? And then did you continue on to Missoula just on road, or did you? Then, keep- yeah, on road, on road, on road. Yeah, yeah. There are forest fires all around Whitefish, so that was it. I was thinking I could maybe ride it to Avando, but yeah, I kind of pulled the plug. Once, once I got deviated due to the forest fires, but it was a great trip. It was a great trip. And like, when I think back on those days, like out in the wilderness, it was just puts a smile on my face and I tell everybody about it. And I tell her, I want to go do it again and do it with a, with a group of people and just show them, show them what it's all about. And thankfully, I met you. like I would have no idea about this. Had, had, had I not met you, <laughs> it's, well, really? I, I appreciate that. It's 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 been a cool um, 
connection that, that, that we've made. And, you know, I've learned a lot from you two in the, in the process, but in the, in regards to learning, Sarah was asking, um, you know, when you finished up in Missoula, um, you know, with that, that, that initial experience, what kind of questions did you walk away with, like that you wanted to learn more about in regards to, I guess, growing as, as, as a bike packer, you know, what things did you feel like you could do better and improve on? Well, I mean, honestly, I don't think, so I'd camp out one night then I'd like stay, let's see, I stayed in hotels and camped out. I never was, was, did more than two nights without a hotel. So I'm, you know, so actually going kind of off grid for longer, you know, for, for five days, for seven days without, you know, sleeping in your bed, like, you know, what that would be like, you know, yeah, you know, you know, also like what, what happens, you know, and the, I'd love to go do the whole route, you know, at least, um, you know, jump on the section where I got off trail and just keep, keep, kind of picking away at the great divide mountain bike route. And there's certain sections where there's no water and you know, all that. I feel like I lucked out with the weather. The weather was like perfect. Um, I can't, I thought a lot about you guys doing the race, the, the great divide mountain bike route race. Like that's, you guys are insane. You guys are insane. And like thinking about like the conditions you guys ride through and you were telling me about, about one time going up, uh, one of those passes in the Southern part of Canada in the snow yeah golden pass yeah. yeah yeah that one that one you guys yeah you guys are tough you guys are tough i had it super easy for sure well i i, I want to we'll, we'll get into the racing side of things in a second but um you know going back to the you know what what you learned from it you know obviously you know it goes without saying that you have quite a background in you know, from, from, you know, the, the professional side of the road cycling, like in regards to training and, you know, understanding to, you know, to a large extent, what gear you need, you know, when it comes to, uh, you know, layering and, 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 um, shoes and things like that. But did you, did you, did you find yourself, um, I guess it, it, from the coaching perspective, did you find yourself, I guess, asking questions on how you might treat the coaching side of things differently when you have, these backcountry cyclists um, approaching you, you know, people that want to do the tour divide race. Oh yeah. I mean, I think the coaching would be a whole nother. Yeah. You know, I coach a lot of people that are, you know, race racing for one day or, you know, a, a short stage race. So I think coaching somebody for that would be, that's a whole nother, another ball game that, you know, I would have to, I'd have certainly have to pick your, we don't coach anybody who does those kind of distances. Um, but it'd be, it would be a fun challenge to try that for sure. But yeah, you know, I'm still pretty green. I'm still pretty green in learning. So I will definitely pick your brain about it. But real quick, what I learned on that trip, I got back from that trip and was just like, wow, like I love cycling. And, you know, for me, for a while, I kind of, even though I was, had a coaching business, I really wasn't that into cycling. I jumped in charity events every once in a while, but you know, it's kind of, I kind of taken a break from cycling myself and, uh, yeah, bike packing has kind of just, uh, really got me excited again about cycling, uh, personally, you know, and that's, that's a lot of fun. It's something that you can really enjoy with, by, by yourself or with a group of people. And, you know, bike packing seems like, it seems like right up my alley these days for me. So I feel grateful. 
Well, that's awesome. I, and, you know, it kind of warms my heart to hear that. And you've said that a couple of times, just one on one. And um, yeah, it's it's really special. And, you know, I've, I've seen your 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 talk a few times um, and, you know, you don't necessarily. Well, you, you I guess you do. You, you do talk about having uh, this period where you fall out of love with the bike. But, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. You don't necessarily get back into talking about kind of this this next chapter yet. Do you do you think that um, you know with talks moving forward, you you'd be comfortable saying that you've kind of found a new love, or do you kind of just like ending it where it ends oh, now? Oh, for, oh, oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. No, this is I love I love doing. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, if you look at my computer, you can if you looked at the history on my computer, you'd see a lot of stuff on bike packing. You know, um, no, I'm definitely into it. I'm, you know, right now we're, I'm in snowy Montana, so it's not happening, but yeah. as soon as it's ice warming up, I'm going to hit the trails again. And, uh, and it's so, I don't know, like before it was so foreign to me, you know, I was a bike racer and like, you know, we went out and trained really hard for three to six hours, three to seven hours every day and came back and, you know, and rested your legs and ate pasta and then did it all over again. But bikepacking is completely different. Um, and I love, you know, I love being outside in the wilderness. I love hiking, backpacking. And this is just, this is like backpacking, but on your bike and, you know, less pounding on your back, you get to see, you know, you travel longer distances. You get to see more stuff, you know, just riding that trail from Banff to, you know, the U S border was just, I've never been so remote in my life. Really, uh, one time in Alaska from on a seaplane, but other than that, never so remote on a bicycle, never. And it was just awesome, you know. Yeah. Um. So, I, anytime I brought your name up with anyone else and and talked about you know you doing that ride and having a new interest in cycling again, you know, I would say probably every maybe 99 percent of the people that i've talked to they'll they'll say well does he have an interest in in racing and you know it's pretty you know pretty obvious question to ask you know considering your, your background and i know i know you've expressed to me that that's not really um you know that chapter's kind of over and done with but w- would you say that you, your head's still in that space yeah i don't have any interest in racing i don't you know, I think about it once in a while. Like, yeah, I mean, it does cross my mind. Like, what would that be like? But I don't know. It, it, yeah, I suffer a lot. Like, I mean, I spent so much time suffering on my bike nowadays. Like, and it's like everything in my life now. I, I like to like even skiing, like just enjoying it, slowing down a little bit. I, I would hate to have to do that ride that I did on the the Great Divide mountain bike route. Racing it, I wouldn't be able to see see all the scenery. I stopped so many times. I was, you know, I kind I kind of like being a bike pack tourist. You yeah. know what I mean? But I don't know. Never say never. Who knows? Maybe in a few years I'll get that competitive gene going again. You know, deep down it's in there somewhere. But you know, I don't know. Recently, you know, since my cycling career ended, it's I've been pretty non competitive. So. I play on a beer league soccer team. That's probably as competitive as I guess. I did a vertical challenge at the ski area a couple of years ago, but other than that, I don't think I've competed in anything. I do yoga now. Yeah. I slowed down. So I coach people that are pretty competitive. Yeah. Well, I, I, 
you know, there's, there's part of me that's going through a bit of a transition, I think right now with, you know, at the Edmonton bike show, you and I chatted about the idea of, you know, you got to watch how much you, you pound your body. And because sooner or later, these, you know, these, everything you do has a repercussion and a ripple effect that, you know, as you, as you age, you'll, those injuries will sort of kind of come back to haunt you a little bit. And I think especially with the, the cancer right now, I've, I've been, I've grown very conscious of what factors led, you know, to the position I'm in, you know, whether it was the, the racing or the, the diet that is associated sometimes with, with bike packing. And I, I, I got kind of curious, I was thinking of questions this morning. Um, you know, when, when, when you tell people that the, the racing side of your stories is kind of over and done with was, was that, you know, a, a clean break that you were able to make, or it, it seems like that was a, that was a pretty clean break from, for you, but w- was it, I guess, like, that's the thing that I'm struggling with. Like at, at some point I'm going to have to tell myself like, Ryan, you're no longer a racer. You're just, you're someone that's out to take pictures and, and, and tour and then just enjoy the ride. And yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, it was a pretty clean break for me what i knew it was done it was done and for me when it was done i was like oh there was a lot of relief you know i I'd, I'd stayed in it too long like you know i wasn't in the right place yeah when you know when it did end yeah i was ready i was ready to just put it, put it away shut the door and start over yeah yeah um so yeah i don't i don't know i once do I like miss bike racing every once in a while I'll miss like that, that feeling of, you know, the last part of a race being in, uh, you know, being in that front group vying for the win, uh, or once in a while I'll miss, you know, the old teammate, but for the most part, yeah, I don't really miss it. And, uh, but what I do miss, which what I realized this last summer is like, I miss just riding my bike and enjoying being outside and taking in the scenery and, you know, it's good for you too, right? It's very good for your for your mind, for for your body, for your soul. So, and uh, yeah, I didn't realize how much I missed it till I just got out there and started doing it again. So, if 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 I went and saw you you talk again, you know, where, where you know when you do give that kind of canned speech, like where does remind me, like where does that where does it end? Obviously, you know, you talk about getting into professional cycling and the whole U S postal and the, 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 the doping side of it, but where does it, where does it currently end? Um, where does it currently end? Um, I just talk about like, the, you know, about the pressures in society, what, you know, how insane they are and, you know, in the, and how we all get pressured into, you know, looking the other way as we cut the corner and then cut it a little bit more and a little bit more and, you know, it's happening, you know, with professional athletes, it's happening with politicians, with people on Wall Street, it's happening with kids in school, you know, it's happening at junior high football, you know, it's insane. And it's becoming worse and worse, you know, the pressure, the pressure to win at all costs, you know. And now, now you have motor doping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And not just now, it happened. It was happening. It was really yeah, for a long for yeah for a long time. Yep, mm. that's all I can say on that matter. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> no, you know what I mean. I'll get myself in trouble on that. Yeah. But yeah, it was. It's yeah, yeah. Hopefully, it's 
hopefully it never rears its ugly head again. Yeah. Hey, but back to the point about me, uh, you know, possibly doing some races, long distance races, hats off to the guys and gals that, that do that. It's, that looks so hard. I can't imagine doing what you, what you guys do with, with the lack with two, three hours of sleep in, in those conditions, like insane. And you no, know, you know, very few spectators and support, you know, yeah, it's just awesome. It's awesome. It's huge respect, huge, huge. And I got, you know, when I got back to Missoula, like I was thinking to myself, like, these these riders still have you know two more weeks of riding ultra or however long I don't know how long you guys do it you guys do it so incredibly fast just yeah big props to all of you so how much how much does the media side of things factor into not wanting to to race anymore so you know like going back to the bike packing you you take media out of it and really anyone that would care about it you know granted you racing would definitely I think. Uh, there, there would definitely be some heads that would perk up, but you know, say no one cared and there was no one covering it, would would that change your outlook considerably or not really at all? I don't all? know. Maybe. Well, if, you know, if somebody told me, hey, if if if, I, if my racing editor or something could help the sport of bikepacking, I don't know. Maybe I maybe I'd consider it, but I don't know. I think I I think you know, sleeping for two three hours a night day after day after day that'd just be incredibly hard um <laughs> right or maybe i just take it easy and ride with a group of friends or race it with a group of friends or something yeah. or a cool group of people yeah well the the can you do that can the, you do that sure yeah the my uh it, i did think a lot about the rules and all that how like the strategy that that seemed really interesting to me like when i was on that Northern section of the Great Divide mountain bike route. I did think a lot about like how strategy, how you riders would go about doing things, and you know everything, right? Like just from breaking down, like just when you're gonna stop and spend the night somewhere. Like how much do you pull out of your bike, or like, or do you just do the minimum? You know, how much do you actually relax, and how much? Yeah, I'm sure it all makes a difference, right? I mean, there's and it's. And the thought process of like how you can get faster is like, it's endless, right? In a way, like all the different ways you could maybe save time or save energy, right? It's all, it's managing your energy time, right? Yeah. I think the, the, the learning, the learning curve is, is more substantial than, you know, more traditional racing, just cause you have more factors other than just the, the bike and yourself, you know, as we've chatted, you have the, um, the environment, the self-supported end of it, um, the, the increased gear capacity. And, um, so I think that's what makes it addictive for, for a lot of us is that it's, it's not just about, you know, increasing your VO2 max and you either do it or you don't do it. It's, you know, you learn so many little tricks by the end of a, you know, two, three week tour that it's, you know, a couple of weeks removed, you, you can't wait to get back to it because, you know, it's such a, it's such a fun learning, learning process, or, you know, at least once you've been removed from it for, for a little while, you know, and all the, the sensation comes back and whatnot. I would love to go watch, maybe go watch uh, part of one and observe. Well, if the, that the, could be cool. If the, the Banff, uh, so you're, you're, planning to be up uh i think it's early early june hey for 
that Banff Road oh, cycle. Yeah, that's right. Let me just look yeah, at the date. Right. I think it might actually. So that is uh, June 8th through 10th June that that 8th? camp's happening. Yeah. Yeah. So in when theory, does the race start? It would be June 8th. Is June 8th? Yeah. Yeah. The start? Yeah, yeah. So in theory, we oh, could, no. we oh, could no. watch we'll, it. We'll go. We'll, I'll be there for yeah. sure. Cool. <laughs> well, um, now, now the start line just got a bit more interesting. You should just show up in a kit and uh, uh, ready to go. I will be there. That's <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. Well, now you have to come either way. I'm going. I will be there for sure. That's wicked timing. And uh, my calendar. I, I I've been meaning to tell you. You know, you and I chatted about doing more of the Great Divide uh, together. My my dad now has an interest. He's been. I think no uh, in, in in the last few weeks, when I've been going through a bit of a tough patch, he's he's been you know, encouraging me to try to keep, you know, my head focused and, uh, in a positive space. And so, yeah, uh, two weeks ago, he's like, I think I I might want to do this great divide trip. So, uh, there, there might be a few, few takers if we do a a group ride. That's Let's do it. Let's do it. (laughs) That'd be great. And I saw Sarah was, uh, out. Did she did a, Oh yes. A winter trip. Yeah, yeah. Uh, somebody sent me a picture from Facebook or something. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. She uh, she Good did a, she did an overnight winter uh, fat bike trip from uh, Camor to uh, Mount uh, Engadine Lodge, which, uh, yo, oh, actually, wow. so on the the mapped route, um, if you recall, there's the Spray Lakes that you go around just after you leave okay. uh, Banff, and uh, yep. before you pop out on. Um, a dusty road. It's called the Smith Doring Road. Just at that junction, there's there's a tiny little uh, backcountry cabin. That's that's the Mount Angeting Lodge that she rode to. No, wow, good for her. Yeah, no, good it was her. it was blowing. It was it was real conditions, blowing snow, and it was not warm. So it was. Uh, yeah, it was oh yeah, that's right. Somebody sent me a video. It, it was and it was from you. Yeah. you were in the car video. That's awesome. I yeah. love it. Yeah, love it. good for her. Yeah, that's great. Well, okay, so um, stuff that I've asked you um, that I know the, the listeners won't know much about, but you know, you, you've had a couple companies reach out to you. You have um, um, uh, was it Rafa and uh, uh, Asos? Oh, Asos. Sorry, sorry, Asos and uh, and um, the Open Cycles, and you know when when the, all the doping stuff went went. Uh, you know, came to light, you know, obviously a lot of these companies backed away from the, the road cycling scene. What's, uh, what have you, what, what is the motivation that you found that these companies, you know, they want to get back involved and in, in particular back involved with, with yourself? Um, oh man. Um, uh, yeah, first and foremost, yeah, it's been nice. It's been nice getting a little bit of love back from some, uh, cycling companies. I, you know, I really appreciate it, you know, for, yeah. You know, my name's sort of been black or whatever for a long time. And, um, yeah, I mean, I lost pretty much everything. I lost all, all those contacts, all those sponsors. And, uh, but you know, for what I did, you know, I cheated and, and lied about it for a long time. Uh, but you know what I had, when I did finally come to come to realize that I needed to tell the truth and just, and do it more than just like, by you know, telling the grand jury, 
you know, yeah, actually getting up there and telling the truth and, you know, standing in front of schools and telling the truth or whoever it may be. I've been, you know, telling my story a lot and, you know, the good, the bad. And I've been mostly telling about the ugly stuff. And, uh, I don't know. I think some people appreciate that and some sponsors have come forward and, and let me know that they appreciate me. And that's, that's been super nice, overwhelming. And, uh, yeah, I can't, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Well, well, let's, so, let's, let's yeah. give, give some kudos and talk a little bit about some of those relationships. So the, the open bike, where, where's that? Where, where are those bikes coming from? They're, they're foreign, aren't they? From Europe? There, um, I, this guy who used, who started, um, Cervelo, uh, Gerard, uh, Vrooman. He, uh, he, he makes these, these, uh, these bikes. I believe he's out of Ontario. Really nice guy. Um, he's a big supporter of Asos and, um, he gave Asos a bunch of bikes and they, they gave me one. And so it showed up at my doorstep, I believe in beginning of June, late May. And man, I had no idea, you know, gravel grinder. I didn't know what that was really, you know, I'd heard about him, but that's about it. And it's awesome. You can ride it anywhere. So it's like, it's my go-to bike. I, I ride it on the road, you know, bike paths, dirt roads, single track. You can pretty much ride everywhere. And it's, you know, it's still pretty quick for, you know, on the road, it's still pretty quick. It's not like riding a mountain bike on the road. Um, and it's awesome. I love it. I love it. And, uh, and it's super comfortable. So, yeah, and, and honestly, that, you know, that was another reason that got once that showed up at my doorstep, I'm like, this is an amazing bike and I need to ride it. So that motiv- motivated me to get out. And then I was like, you know, you inspired me to like, okay, you can put these bags on your bike and ride for multi-days on end with it and do it. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Next, next so, step, we'll have to get you hooked up with a dynamo hub. And so you can start generating your own power uh, and, uh, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah, we'll get we'll we'll get you set up when you come up at, come up in June. But uh, for the Banff, the the road cycling camp that uh, you guys are putting on is, would you ride your your open cycles bike? Like, do you even have a road bike these days? Um, I have an old Cervelo that from like 2003 that I ride. That's my road bike. But I really, and it's a great bike. It fits me like a glove. But I don't really. I just pretty much ride that gravel grinder all the time. Um, so yeah, I'll probably ride that on at the uh, at the uh, training camp there in Banff. Yeah. If if we didn't cover anything, let me know. But uh, you know, for for those listening, what's uh, you know what's uh, and I think I asked this in the last time we we did an interview. But you know, what what, what kind of things is are you looking forward to in, in your your personal and professional life these days you know we got got so wrapped up in the controversy side of of your story i always like to kind of end with a, a positive uh, positive outlook oh got got it um personally you know I, I, i'm definitely getting it kind of more into like adventure being you know i live in montana western montana which is just it's uh absolutely spectacular so i love just getting out in the outdoors adventuring whatever it is. I, I enjoy paddle boarding, do a bunch of that in the summertime, you know, getting into this bike packing thing, which has been great. Um, yeah, I've just been enjoying kind of exploring kind of, I, I feel a little bit lighter on my feet these days and a little bit, uh, my mind's a little bit clearer. 
And uh, it's what makes me happy, just getting out and doing cool things outdoors with with good people. Um, Business-wise, let's see, you know, been this have, have, have this coaching company, Tyler Hamilton Training. It's been slowly growing over the years. You know, we're still a small company, but we do a good job, and um, it's, that's been a lot of fun. I've also been doing some work with a, a charity down in Colorado. Um, it's an MS charity, multiple sclerosis, and uh, I've been supporting the MS fight for since like 1997 and uh, so yeah i'll be doing some work with these guys it's a it's a pro it's a charity that um provides programs for people who suffer with ms and they can they teach these people what they can do versus what they cannot do um yeah and that's been great i put on a ride a bike ride every year it's called ms global and uh, i think this year was our 15th year in a row doing it and we raised about a quarter million bucks and it all goes to this uh to this charity called can do ms um so i'm excited to keep continuing to to help them out and that's been a lot of fun i do a bunch of events for them can do some ski events for them this this winter um yeah what else i get to do talks every once in a while that's that's a lot of fun gets me up gets me up out of Missoula. Um, I know, enjoying life, enjoying life, trying not to take things too seriously anymore. What, what about uh, the, the writing side of things? Do you have any kind of motivation or desire to do a, a follow-up uh, book? Oh, the writing side? Um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, just kind of it takes some time to kind of just reflect on things and um, I wish I was as disciplined as you are, but you get, you write every day, but I don't, I need to start writing more on a daily basis. Um, but yeah, I think there's another book in there for sure. Maybe another two actually, but, uh, yeah, there's more at a story to tell for sure. Like and more, just more, more on the personal side. Um, yeah. But, um, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Who knows? It's a book, as you know, a book takes a lot of energy and yeah. The, the secret race took about two and a half years to write. And uh, yeah, it was exhausting. <laughs> but podcast, <laughs> podcast, uh, telling your story on a podcast is so much easier, isn't it? <laughs> How's this podcast been going? What's that uh, like? Uh, I think we've got about a thousand listeners uh, for each. That's awesome. Really? That's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. So, our, you know, we've, we've, we've definitely got like a little niche, uh, you know, I don't want to say a thousand is, is small, but I mean, overall for Bike Pack Canada, we've got a, a good niche following, a good niche community. And, um, you know, I, I kind of love that you know, I've set the parameters as being like my focus as being Canada. Cause, um, uh, otherwise I'd, I'd feel like I'd have to keep growing and growing and building and building. But, uh, I'd rather, instead of getting more numbers, just focus on the, the quality of, of all those relationships. And, um, you know, as, as we do more of these, we have more people reach out and with, uh, comments and, um, you know, I slowly get to know each of those, uh, you know, people listening are just that much better. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's therapeutic for me because, um, you know, I, I stopped doing it for a while, uh, with when the cancer yeah. treatments first started, but, um, you know, now like I haven't been outside for more than probably 10 minutes in the last 
oh geez, maybe four or five weeks. And, uh, you know, so be very much yeah. kind of cocooned and, uh, you know, being able to have the conversations with people, it's, uh, it, it brings some normalcy and, um, it gets me, gets me out of feeling like there's four walls around me all the time. So, um, yeah, it, long story short, it's, it's, it's great. And, um, look forward to, 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 to hanging out more. Yeah. Looking forward to hanging out in, uh, in June when you guys come up and hopefully helping with, uh, the camp and doing some more of the, the divide. And, uh, yeah, I, I know you got to get to the ski hill, Tyler, but, uh, thanks for your, your time this afternoon. And, uh, um, you know, I, I, I appreciate your friendship and, um, you know, here's to a healthy and happy 2018 for us, for, for us both. Absolutely. Ryan, it's a pleasure to talk to you as always. You're, you are awesome. And it's, um, I'm proud to call you my friend. <laughs>